Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hey, this is Neil Harbison from the Cyborg Foundation, and I'm listening to the Nerdy Show, and I'm also listening to the colors in front of me. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Brandon. Hi, I'm Denica. And this episode, we're doing three things. We're doing two microsodes and one movie review. The microsode subjects we're covering is why robots and evil AI. And then spiraling out of those topics, we're going to review the recent film release, Chappie. Chappie, if you're not familiar, if you haven't caught the trailers or anything, it's a sci-fi film directed by Neil Blumkamp, the guy who did District 9 and Elysium, and it's set in this near-future version of South Africa where the robot police force, and then all of a sudden, one of them is sentient, and it, from the trailers, looks a lot like RoboCop mashed up with Short Circuit 1 and 2. It covers a lot of topics, and it touches on both robotics and artificial intelligence, so it only felt right that we mash up these recently recorded microsodes with a review of the film. But the way this episode's going to play out is we're going to do the two microsodes to set the stage for the discussion of robots and artificial intelligence. And then Brandon Denick and I are going to uh, give you our review of Chappie. First, starting spoiler free, and then we'll let you know when it's time to turn off if you have any intention of seeing the film unfettered by our review. So first, we're going to cut to myself and a whole other team of Nerdy Show hosts Bor from Derpy Show. Andrew from Wicked Anime. Jonathan from Wicked Anime. Jessica from Nerdy Show. John from Nerdy Show. And the microsoft we're going to be talking about is Why Robots? This comes to us from Robert Madden, who wants to know, what is it about robots? Why are we so fascinated by them? I have a, a little interjection to that, and I believe it's because living here in Boston, fighting villains from afar, you got to find first gear in your giant robot car. <laughs> <laughs> So you're an expert then? Yes, you bet. Chicks dig giant robots. Chicks dig giant robots. My drop. I'm a chick and I dig giant robots. <laughs> Thank you, MegasXLR. Do you have a very valid point there? <laughs> so what form of robots are we talking about? Like all forms of robots? Or because we, because we, I mean, there's goofy robots and big robots and small robots. What are we doing? Will Smith did not dig robots. Just uh, FYI. We know from fiction and a lot of anime what the possibilities are with robots, both small and extremely large. But I guess we should go back to the beginning and set some precedents. Robots, of course, meaning machines that are remote controlled. This does not necessarily mean so they have no artificial, artificial intelligence. intelligence ones. We can breach that subject, but let's start with a machine that is not 
of its own mind. I shall dig we say. it. Okay, so a tool, basically. Yeah, a very complicated tool. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, a power drill? Is it remote operating? See what you did there. (laughs) It's a really hard question to answer because the simplest form of saying it is that robots make everything easier. One of the things that, like, I always remember growing up was playing a game called Tiny Tank. It was for the PlayStation. It was awesome, and you played as a little tiny tank that destroyed things. And one of the features of the game was that it had those general patent cinematics where. Tiny Tank was sitting in front of American flag and telling you about why Tiny Tank is awesome. And it's because he replaces people in war. So robots die. So people won't have to robots. To <laughs> me, That's really heavy for a kid's game. <laughs> yeah, no, it seriously was. But um, it, it was all comical and everything like that. But I mean, like, it's just like a thing to make our lives easier. Like when people think of robots, it means I'm going to have to do less and I can be a lazy American. I gotta be honest, when I think of robots, I immediately go to Big O first, and that is kind of the opposite of that, where it was all Roger Smith controlling Big O. I think that's the sort of thing where two people can, they get these larger-than-life powers, right? So you use this mechanical device. You can use it, and you can do things that you wouldn't normally have been able to do. I mean, so if you think about the Da Vinci's or the robotic surgeries, it's, you know, really precision-type tools that allows you to do things that your normal, clumsy human hands would not be able to do. In which case, the robots enable you to get away with being lazy, but it also allows you to actually do more things and things that would be impractical or nearly impossible to do as just a human. Like punching giant things in the face. (laughs) Right. Or creating incredibly intricate mathematical precision uh, works of art or anything, really. If we want to continue living to the nature which we become accustomed, we now have a symbiotic relationship with robotics. We can get wiped out. And we could live off the land as we have for countless years if we could, you know, could find the books to teach us how to do that again. But as of now, it's all us and robots. We got a partnership going on. Yeah, <laughs> either that or we're just going to all turn into the circle people from Wally. Or that, sitting, yes. Sitting <laughs> in their chairs, floating around. But they also have a symbiotic relationship with the robotics on their ship. God, they do. Yes, they, I would. Yes, yes, they do. Well, I would almost say that like a parasite, you know, and a host have a symbiotic really. Never mind. That's, that's what I was going to. The psychology is actually really interesting because back when I worked at Parallax and I was training people to program robots, there was this really interesting moment where people connected with this tiny little rolling robot. And it was usually when it responded in some way to them. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, my gosh, it's so cute. It sees me. And I was like, no. <laughs> it's kind of like that a light just like bounced off your hand and it moved away like that's that's what happened <laughs> that kind of reminds me of the new thing i know that we were just talking about machines earlier but this is kind of similar has everybody been caught up on jibo that home robot that's almost it's basically the same functionality like the exact same functionality as an iphone except it's a robot that sits on your table and actually legitimately speaks to you by name yeah i've seen that it emotes to you and yeah, which is like in, in its you. own yeah <laughs> It's adorable, though. He's going to be the rise of Skynet. That's for sure. In the ads, it shows, you know, hey, Jibo, take a picture. And it like takes the picture of the cute family with their birthday cake. And that's just the start of we're going to need to like us. And we will then shoot you in the face rather than <laughs> shooting, shooting a picture, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I can recognize where the faces are. The Clean tech problems kills. are very similar. <laughs> Which also goes back to perhaps the ultimate cyberpunk thing, which is uh, that weird, crazy facial camouflage that facial recognition doesn't work on you. What are we addressing here? Oh, where people put makeup on their faces, like to make their faces look like pixelated. So 
facial yeah. recognition software and stuff can't pick up on it. Oh, I didn't know about that. News to me. Wow, really? Because I mean, like seriously. In <laughs> fact, uh, Warren Ellis's crazy partnership with his UV comic where there's hidden stuff and you use a UV light to see it. Part of the entire principle is that this guy walks around with these two headsets. They look like Bluetooth headsets the entire time and they're actually flashing infrared so that it basically causes sort of a, a snowed burnout on any of the security cameras trying to track him. But an alternative would have been to use all that crazy reflective jargon patterns on the people's faces to sort of break up their uh, basic uh, shapes. True. But I think we're not talking about robots anymore. No. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, similar problems. <laughs> all right. but, we, but we are talking about if Jibo wanted to shoot you in the face, all you need is Bluetooth infrared things that make sure that your face is not recognizable. So he and, and a makeup you. kit. Yeah, it's all Why about how to avoid the robots when they start <laughs> taking over. Why it's don't valid. you just be very careful at what verbs you use when talking to robots? Don't use words like shoot or Kill. anything like that. Yeah. Murder. Jibo, <laughs> <laughs> shoot a picture. <laughs> when we most Bang. often think about robots, we think about anthropomorphized machines. Machines yes. that take after human characteristics. And there's been a great many of them throughout cinema and pop culture. Either things that are human-shaped or things that are not human-shaped like R2-D2, but somehow manage to still be tote storbs. <laughs> animatronics. Animatronics are robots. Yes. Then they're freaky robots. If you've ever seen but like the are they though? Aren't they? An animatronic is theoretically a machine. It, it becomes a robot when it can actually interact or react rather to some bit of its environment. This is kind of where you're going along with um, the Japanese robots that are being built. Like and the ones that are people? Yeah, the ones that are people. And they're the actually getting dances and performances. Awesome. And so on. Well, they're kind of. Are we talking kinda, about sex robots? Uh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and how they're actually making them like less human. So it actually because you cross that uncanny valley, the more human something that's not human looks, the creepier it becomes. So we're actually going to have anime waifus eventually. Is what we're saying. <laughs> um, uh, the bipedal or not not really bipedal, but human like uh, anthropomorph robots are, are like one of my favorite things ever. If you go to my artist portfolio and stuff like that, it's just filled with drawings of robots like that. And that's like one of my favorite things ever. Uh, Something that can be a character. Exactly. But none of them ever look human. I mean, obviously for an artist, because otherwise you would just be drawing a human. But like you kind of need that divide between being able to distinguish that something is a fake false machine, unlike the things that you see at Disney World, because those are really creepy and can kind of be unsettling. Like if you ever been to the Hall of Presidents or the Ferris Wheel of Time, those are really horrifying things. Right. Well, there's an uncanny valley when a machine represents human behavior, movement or appearance. Two videos, if you want to not sleep, I would like to point you to are uh, music videos. They're both directed by Godly and Cream of the band 10CC. One is for Herbie Hancock's song Rocket, which features an artist created all these animatronics that do day-to-day -day activities like flip through newspapers and shuffle their legs or like pretend to take a bath or something. They move freakishly. And uh, in the video, some of them were actually malfunctioning and they use that footage. So you see just these horrifying movements. And there's another That's awesome. one for a Lou Reed song called No Money Down, where they created a animatronic of Lou Reed that just very stiffly sings the song until his hands come up and start tearing apart his face. <laughs> what? It is. That sounds awesome. It is amazing. And both of them are just, if you saw these as a kid, it would have just ruined you. Like Nightmare fuel? Yeah, it is the ultimate robot nightmare fuel or animatronic nightmare fuel if there's a distinction. But I, those links will be on this episode's page.
Something yeah, I, I definitely want to mention. <laughs> robots, though, man. If uh, animatronics <laughs> don't count, let's see. <laughs> we can get back to, to cute robots, and we can talk about the amazing robot a astronaut, Kiribo, who went to the International Space Station to keep astronauts company and talk with them. Oh, first time hearing of this. What the heck? Well, what about <laughs> the Robonauts, too? I know nothing about yeah. this either. So it's basically a Japanese roboticist. I don't remember who it was, um, but they built a small humanoid-esque Kiribo is the name of him. And they sent him to the International Space Station as sort of a, like how people get companion dogs to like ease anxiety. But as these astronauts have to sit by themselves for, you know, months on end. They now have a little robot to talk to and interact with. Aren't there other people that they can talk to on the International Space Station? I don't think they're alone, are they? Well, I think sometimes they're alone or in between it's missions. It's not even that big. Yeah, no, it's not that big. I will say, though, if I'm ever in space, like in a place in just in space by myself, I would not want to just be by myself. Yeah, didn't you see what You'd happened to the Russian? want a little robot to be with Armageddon. you? I do actually. I would. I would much prefer like a little robot being like, "How are you doing right now? How are you doing right now? How are you doing right now?" How realistic <laughs> would you want it to look? Would you want it to, you know, be like a little person or something, or would you want it to be more like on Moon, where it was just kind of a, a monitor yeah. on a stick? Well, yeah, Gertie, Kevin Spacey. I would. I would want him to be like a little emoticon face, Kevin Spacey. I love that Gertie so much. Gertie's the best. <laughs> I'm glad everybody here has seen Moon. Yeah, me too. That's, that is so good. <laughs> Moon is one of the greatest sci-fis to be made in the past 10 years. If you haven't seen it, there's a link to where you can buy it on this episode's page. <laughs> <laughs> it's directed we're by Duncan Jones. Watch out for him. He's going to be a big one. Now everybody be consumer robots. Yeah. Hey, how, <laughs> how much time do we have to talk about badass robots like we got Big O? Two minutes. And, okay, Big O, Gypsy Danger, uh, Gigantor, Mazinger uh, <laughs> Z. Uh, Optimus Prime! Uh, Kaiju! <laughs> smashing! Uh. If we talk about robots that are purely robots and not artificial intelligences, it's hard to say. If we include artificial intelligences, there's uh, Crichton from Red Dwarf, who's a somewhat deranged butler bot. Those are always <laughs> fun. I mean, we can talk about uh, Robin Williams from the uh, Bicentennial Man. Right? Oh, uh, uh. Talk about sadness. <laughs> oh. A robot who upgrades itself into synthetic humanity a la Blade Runner. <laughs> that oh, could yeah. happen. That could be a thing. You never know. So uh, this has been our abbreviated discussion on the very large topic of why robots. <laughs> Thank you, Robert Madden. If you or anybody else would like to hear more on the subject of robots or perhaps maybe something less vague so we'd be a little bit more focused, yeah, <laughs> that could help too. I hope you've enjoyed this big old robotic ramble. On to the next topic. What are we moving on to? Since we were talking about AI and, and robots and, and all that, let's merge on to the next Topic of discussion, a microsoft requested by Big Bad Shadow Man. He doesn't want to know about friendly AI, though. He wants to know specifically about evil AI. And he says, after watching a playthrough of I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, I have become a fan of AM, the evil hate-filled super AI. I would like to see a microsoft about some of the evil super AIs in movies, comic books, TV, and games. For a little background on that, I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream is a Harlan Ellison short story from 1967 that was turned into a PC game in 1995 made by Cyber Dreams. It was actually adapted by Ellison himself, even though he wasn't a fan of computer games and didn't own a PC. He uh, wrote all the dialogue and the expanded storyline on a mechanical typewriter <laughs> in 95-94. Uh, but he also voiced the supercomputer AM, which stands for Allied Master Computer, as well as Adaptive Manipulator and also Aggressive Menace. Um, he's a byproduct of World War III that went rogue and succeeded in killing most of the humans in the world. 
definitely a very noteworthy evil artificial intelligence i mean he has really exterminated all of humanity and then once he has the rest of them all he does is torment them in a devilish sort of purgatory kind of way i haven't played the game i haven't read the short story but i read about it clearly Um, (laughs) you would be very convincing in a conversation about it yeah thank you (laughs) you can Um, bring it up at parties (laughs) i watched a little bit of the playthrough of the game it looks like a very very cool point and click adventure in the great era of the finest point and click adventures we'll uh, post a link to where you can watch it on this episode's page but uh, the topic at hand is discussing evil ai so oh go ahead (laughs) i heard hardak from john yep the holographic, analytical, digital, reciprocating computer. I missed one. Adaptive? Why does that sound so familiar? Batman the Animated Series. Okay. He, uh, <laughs> he was uh, manufactured by a character who was voiced by the actor who played J.F. Sebastian from Blade Runner. And uh, he manufactured robotic replicas of various people from around Gotham with the purpose of replacing them with someone more... Well, yes, I remember that. I haven't watched much of Batman the Animated Series, but for some reason I did watch that one. It's a memorable and horrifying episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How about the more passive aggressive kind of evil that you that it's the same way as AM, but in the sense of the game paranoia with the all knowing computer. That's very true. Who just rules everything. You know, he's evil, but you can't tell him he's evil. That sounds like treason there. That friend computer is friend to all. (laughs) You're right. I'll hail the computer. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I have one of the, the obvious notes that kind of goes without saying is HAL 9000, but, uh, but HAL's kind of misunderstood. Yeah. HAL was programmed humans in Humans just can't do it very well. Yeah, I mean, it was, humans were the, the reason that HAL went crazy. He, he was told to tell the truth and then also told to tell a lie, and the only way he could tell the truth was by eliminating those he had to lie to. So, humans are the reason why I'm going crazy, too, so. <laughs> I'll tell you another uh, evil AI. Um, let's try MacBooks, at iPhones. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any intelligence in there. They're definitely artificial and evil, but... That's what Steve Jobs wanted you to believe, but he's dead now, so he can't tell us otherwise. <laughs> Although, I mean, on the passive-aggressive front, I have to say that Cortana in those commercials, she's pretty... <laughs> yeah. She's mean to iPhones. Yeah, she is. Uh, Cortana is a dick to iPhones. We also have to mention from Portal, GLaDOS. Yeah. Genetic- oh, yeah. And disk operating system, so she... She would probably qualify as passive-aggressive, too. That's true. She's uh, the best of both worlds. She doesn't kill you, she just puts you into a situation where you're pretty likely to die. How are you doing today? Because I'm a potato. (laughs) I don't know, I mean, Gladys, in comparison to Wiley... Wait, Wiley? Well, yeah, how does Wiley come into this at all? Dr. Wiley? Uh, No. Oh, Wheatley. Wheatley. Christ, yes. Wheatley, yeah. I, I burned him out of my mind because I hate him so much. How could you hate Wheatley? Like, because, like, you're terrible. Gladys I don't want to hear from this guy anymore. Your friend, and, and by the end, before you know, she gets connected back into a supercomputer that basically tells her to kill you all the time. Well, that's I pity Wheatley. That's the thing. Like, because when like when you see him, uh, spoilers to anybody who hasn't <laughs> played. We're already past that threshold. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, like at the end, when like he's just floating through space, and he's like, I actually regret everything. He actually has the knowledge of knowing that what he did was wrong. And of yeah. course, the uh, the Space Corps actually makes a bizarre surprise cameo in Skyrim. No way. Did what? I know that? I think I did. That's know. a uh, official plug-in. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, it was basically a, has the the space core crash it wasn't in and the it'll main say game. stuff like space and all sorts of other <laughs> things like that. Um, quite amusing to carry around that while you're fighting dragons. <laughs> I was a lot more excited for that when they were showing uh, previews of it, but then actually having it in the game, it was just something you had to carry around. <laughs> so it was That's just funny. an it was an unnecessary evil to carry around with you. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Cortana, but the uh, the real evil AI of that is uh, 343 Guilty Spark, who's a piece of shit. Who's guilty <laughs> for a reason. Mm. Uh-huh. Ultron from Marvel. I don't know what they're going to do with him in the cinematic universe, but you know he's about to become a, a major player for all the, the unwashed masses who don't read kick-ass comic books. Created by Hank Pym, and uh, he's the classic AI bent on destroying people made of meat. Dude, you just reminded me uh, talking about those kinds of things. I'm going to throw it back way far. Now, I don't know if this is a biomechanical being or not, but I'm going to even see if you guys know what I'm talking about. Sinistar. What? <laughs> Wait, is no? that from Silverhawks? No, no, Sinistar from, uh, no. from the Sega, uh, Sega Genesis game from Sinistar, where you just like your little ship that flies around in space. And you collect bombs, but as you collect bombs, this little Sinistar uh, ship uh, fleet build him, and then he floats around in space going, ha ha, I think I now we're just Sinistar. naming AIs we've heard of before. <laughs> and not Easy. actually discussing how they actually relate to anything. What makes then Sinistar have, evil? He floats around space and says, I am Sinistar, and then he eats you. That, is his that only sounds kind of evil. That is definitely That's, Sinistar. That is, yes. <laughs> ah. Okay, so here's a philosophical question then, because I, w- I wanted to add in any of the AIs that were the quote-unquote villains from Tron. I was just going to bring that up. Now, they're technically, they are the bad guys in the movie, but they do not have the capability of understanding human emotion and thought and everything like that. So they are pinned as the bad guys, but are they really evil? Well, all, all AIs are built by humans. Isn't that correct? Except for the Matrix, where they kind of start building themselves? Exactly. It's only a matter of time. Well, yeah, there's there's a point at which that can happen. But I mean, like, uh, many of the... I don't know about Master Control. Master Control may have just been, you know, a tool, a means to an end. But after the grid was reset and rebuilt, and Clue was deployed to keep a perfect system, and then... Build a perfect world. (laughs) Based on his own artificial intelligence, decided that he could only do it on his terms, becoming the villain and then brought in guys like Tesla, then I think he, by all intents and purposes, he's an evil AI. But the interesting thing was it was based off of his misunderstanding. Because remember at the end of the movie when he was like, I, w- I did what you told me to to create the perfect system. That's all I did. I just want... And I, again, it's another AI that I, I end up pitying because it's like, I just did what you told me to do. Your yeah. move. <laughs> Well, it's difficult, and that's the point, I guess, of, of adding in moments of humility. All creatures who are evil, from Adolf Hitler to Charles Manson, were probably pitiable at some point. And, uh, you, you know, their motives are ambiguous on occasion, so... Hitler was a sucky artist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I guess that's what makes evil AI a lot more scary, right? Because Hitler can't make another Hitler. He can, you know, brainwash a country into believing what he believes in. But we could make but, an AI Hitler. Or a Mecha yeah, Hitler. And, yeah, and Mecha Hitler. <laughs> or Mecha Hitlers, because he could just program them. So they can become an army and then take over the world. Now, I was racking my mind for evil AIs, trying to figure out some ones that were a little bit off the beaten path, and I realized there were actually two from Gargoyles. No way. Really? Yeah. 
One is Matrix, who's a sentient nanoswarm, who is an adversary that becomes sort of a, an anti-hero to an effect and teams up with one of the members of the pack later on and in the canonical comic books that followed it. And then also Coyote, who was originally just developed as a robotic avatar for Xanatos, but becomes sentient eventually. And uh, there was an implication that in the year 2198, a version of him called Coyote X was basically a world domination type AI. And he so was, does Mega Man then come in as Mega Man X and fight the uh, Coyote X? And oh no, is was that a, like it was a game a, now? Like it was an all new cast of gargoyles because, and I just learned this. There was actually pitches for six different gargoyle spinoffs at one point in time. One of which was called Gargoyles Twenty One Ninety Eight. Whoa! So it was going to be like a Gargoyles Beyond, like they did with Batman Beyond. Yes, Gargoyles in Tron Future could have been pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about gargoyles on TV networks. I've got sort of a a philosophical question regarding evil AI. Yeah. There's a lot of people that think that artificial intelligence, when it happens, will become evil no matter what. Yeah. There's a lot of people that feel that once we get to that point, I think like even, um, I think Stephen Hawking is one of these people. Really? If If I remember correctly. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that think that evil AI is sort of an eventuality. That's a really interesting thing, because in order to create AI, again, I think we kind of already said this, but like every AI is created by humans. So therefore, if every AI is to become evil, that's the human's fault, right? Not necessarily, but will they see us as a threat, perhaps, and want to destroy us a la Skynet or something? That or maybe they just say, hmm, this is squishy and I'm not. I'm going to squish it. Yeah, or it could just be accidental. Here's why I don't think I mean. I'm not Stephen Hawking. He's an extremely smart person. But here's, here's, why, here's why I don't really buy that. Likely, the AIs that will be most prevalent early on will be personal assistants, and they will grow and adapt with humanity, and humanity will start treating them as we kind of already do with all the devices that we, we talk to on like a regular slaves. basis, like friends and, and people, oh. where to the point where you know, you'll have... Yeah, we definitely won't think of them as a lesser being. You'll have a relationship with them. We've been we definitely won't popular... treat them like property. Either. I don't know. I think we're a little bit beyond that, but it's possible anyway. But that's our time. So uh, that's Aww. and that's our discussion on evil AI. I was just about to bring up Androphilia too. <laughs> well, look that up. If there's a proper link that's not uh, too taboo, I will link to it on this episode's page. Maybe in a, a Microsoft uh, topic for the future. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But before we change topics, let's cut to a track. This is a jam too complex for us meat peeps. Synthetics only. It's Robot Party by Supercommuter from their 2011 record, Products of Science. Make it 
trick and when I squeeze it, it zaps And my aim is perfected so I'm blasting off me caps Man, I'm so glad that I'm on earth Picking off people, blood will spur But gotta keep from fed and so well bred That every time you kill there's another bird Left fist in the sky, bring it down quick in the human eye Then dance, celebrate the blow And if you got a kick, don't kick high, kick low this spin Keep a sword in the grip, cut through the crowd Make sure you don't slip this slide Keep a fold till it poses, snag through near six years, seven noses Like we said, if you would like to decide what we talk about, well, then you might want to get yourself a microsode. And the way to do that is to support us on Patreon. Now, in March, we want to drive up Patreon support for Nerdy Show. You guys were amazing when we debuted our Patreon late last year, and in no time, we met our bare minimum costs for keeping the network alive. But there's so much more we can do, and there's so many of you guys, and if everybody donates at least a dollar, we're going to be able to do quite a lot. We have two milestones down the line. The first is at $700. If we reach that every month, that means... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We can give a small kickback to every single show on the network. They can get money they can spend every month on like food, or they can stockpile that money for special projects. And if we get up to $1,000, well then, my friends, that's where you're going to see some serious shit. We're going to be able to hire more audio editors so we can bring back some of your favorite shows. 
I'm talking about Pokeballs of Steelix. I'm talking about Atomic Robo Nuts and Bolts. I'm talking about Nerdy Show Book Club. Not just bringing that back, but actually making it its own show on a regular schedule. Making State of the Empire monthly. And we're even talking about doing a brand new format of Nerdy Show. Kind of a little something in the classic style of old school Nerdy Show. A single episode where we tackle all the latest nerd media in one episode. Not giant size like the old days, but like a really concise, fun, tangential conversation about topical what's happening right now. Bring back book club or I'll cry. Yeah, we want to bring back book club. And in fact, all those shows, we're going to bring them back as soon as we can. But that $1,000 tier will guarantee that we'll be able to do it consistently because that's our goal. When we bring these shows back, we want to bring them back for good consistently. And that's the only way we can for sure do that is being able to pay a support staff that can make sure we can handle that content. So just go to patreon.com slash nerdy show. And to incentivize it, because we want to see how far you guys can take us in March, we have added some new things. For starters, all you have to do is give a dollar, and not only do you get access to the classic support perk archive of everything that we've released from the dawn of Nerdy Show up through February of this year, which is over 12 hours of audio content, as well as images and stuff, exclusive episodes and so on, strange things that Brandon has said. (laughs) That's everything I say. Lots of choice (laughs) Brandon cuts. Those are the best. (laughs) Do you just edit out all my potty humor and just save it for a rainy day? No. <laughs> I mean, I keep a surprising <laughs> amount of it. <laughs> so do I. But also, if you give just a dollar, you'll also get access to early releases. Whenever we get a hold of an episode from any show on the Nerdy Show Network early, you'll get access to it first. Could be a couple days, could be a couple hours, but you guys will know first and be notified via your email. At $5 or more, that's where you're able to get microsodes or 30-minute song blocks on Nerdy FM. We do it via raffle, and at each successive increment, you can get more opportunities to win a microsode in our monthly drawings. But at $5 now, you get endless bonus perks. We're not just giving out one bonus perk a month. We're giving out as many as we make constantly. That means an episode of D&D gets published. You won't end up waiting a couple months to see the outtakes. As soon as we compile those outtakes, they're yours. As soon as we get something, it's out. There's no waiting. It just constantly happens. So this month alone, are you guys ready for this? We have either currently out or coming soon, 10 minutes from our Millennium episode with the guys from Back to Frank Black, 10 minutes from our Mutanimals episode, over 20 minutes of talk about recent comic books, nearly 15 minutes of outtakes from the Dungeons & Dragons Crunchmas special, and the demo I recorded for our song, Crunchmas Without You, and over 30 minutes from the latest episode of D&D, including both outtakes and deleted scenes. Plus, at $5 or more, you'll also get exclusive episodes. Doesn't happen all the time, but when they do... That's where you'll get them. Episodes of Nerdy Show and other shows unique to you guys. And there's a lot more where that came from. Just go to patreon.com slash nerdy show and you can see all the goodies. Of course, you can still do one-time donations. Still available at nerdyshow.com slash support. And as usual, the Kruger siblings have provided us with an interesting call and response. And this time it's a eulogy to Leonard Nimoy. First, Ethan said, We are assembled here today. Pay final respects to our honored dead. Caitlin said, And yet it should be noted that in the midst of our sorrow, this death takes place in the shadow of new life, the sunrise of a new world, a world that our beloved comrade gave his life to protect and nourish. Ethan said, He did not feel this sacrifice a vain or empty one. 
and we will not debate his profound wisdom at these proceedings. Caitlin. Of my friend, I can only say this. Ethan. Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, this was the most human. And then finally, Caitlin said, A life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved, except in memory. Live long and prosper. Thank you, Mr. Nimoy, and thank you, Nerdy Show, for all the memories. And thank you, Kruger siblings, for even including us in the same breath as the life and times of Leonard Nimoy, and for recounting that memorable eulogy, and also Leonard Nimoy's very poignant last tweet that he ever tweeted on the interwebs. Aww. We also got to give shout-outs to our two most recent subscriptions to Patreon, Alex Philbin and Jared Samples. But now, the moment you've been waiting for, our review of Chappie. First, spoiler-free, and then we'll dive in to some spoilers. Oh, God. I've got to restrain myself. First off, if I may begin. Please. The plot of this movie was misrepresented in all the trailers because you see it and you're like, Oh, it's about a robot that they've given like artificial intelligence and it's about his struggle to be his own conscious self. And it's it's not like that. Really. I actually thought it was entirely a remake of Short Circuit. I think someone said that when the when the movie <laughs> right. was first being like Well, I mentioned announced. I was like I was like, No, 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 you're wrong because I was like, Well, in Short Circuit he was a military robot. And then he gets an AI somehow. And then at the beginning, you're like, oh, all these robots are military, like yeah, police I mean, robots. Like, like, oh, okay. Well, the, the initial comparison that I put forth at the beginning of the episode, which is, which is what I thought about the film from seeing the trailer, ended up being basically true. And it's not just not a comparison that we're drawing exclusively. It's pretty obvious to anybody who's seen any of those films. It has all the setup of Short Circuit 1. It has all of the emotional, interpersonal turmoil of Short Circuit 2. And it has commentary about roboticizing the police force a la RoboCop. It has really good CG. I think it was CG. There were times where I didn't know if the robot Chappie or any of the robots were actually miniatures or models or puppetry or CG or all of it. And I haven't looked into it, but I would guess it's probably all of the above because yeah. it looked so fucking good. I can't believe how good this movie it, looked. I, I liked the movie itself just for the visual effects. It's probably... Yeah. A suit or something. They like definitely used real. a capture device because the, it was moving too realistically in a lot of places for them to animate themselves. De they definitely used motion capturing. I enjoyed the film, but I think most of us at Nerdy Show, at least, were expecting a film that it definitely explored the same themes of RoboCop and Short Circuit, but in a fresh new environment set against this near future, vaguely cyberpunk scenario. And it has that. But it also, it just doesn't really talk about the ramifications of AI and all that really nerd stuff that we expected from the film. The movie's title should be changed to Die Antword the Movie. Um, yes, Die Antword the Movie. And the plot of this movie is basically, if you remember Short Circuit 2, there was a, I think, five-minute scene where Johnny Five hangs out with the Los Locos si. gang. Los Locos kick your ass. Los Locos kick your face. Los Locos kick your balls into outer space. The movie is that for two <laughs> hours. It is literally die ant word. Yeah, only uh, with a South African accent. And Johnny well, Five. Except for uh, that one guy. Die ant word are two of the uh, lead actors of the film who are also members of, well, they comprise die ant word, which is a, a very avant-garde experimental South African band. And see, I don't know much about them, but... When they first appeared, you know, Denica was like, oh, hey, oh, it's hey, Diane Yeah, there's a cameo. And, and like, oh, there's a cool cameo. And you find out, well, they're really the main characters like, of the oh, entire wait, movie. They, they called that guy Ninja. 
Why did they use his name? <laughs> and they play their their own music the entire movie and wear their own shirts, which is hilarious. I mean, I don't think that Diane Ward are like gangbangers, but um, this is, this well, is that's a, how they portray themselves. Th- this is a near yeah, it is how they portray themselves, and this is a near future universe where they are in fact gangbangers. This film, billed as a sci-fi movie that has nothing to do with them, really may as well be a film set in the universe they've created for themselves with their stage personas. If you love Diane Ward, this movie's going to be incredible for you. Right. Diane Ward actually does have a, a history of doing like short films. There's one with uh, Ninja and Yolandi in wheelchairs who then go to someone who's like selling on a motorized wheelchair on the equivalent of Craigslist and they go like they're going to go buy it and of course they like shoot the guy and, and take the wheelchair. It's like a 15 minute featurette. So it's if you've seen that, that's going to give you a good idea of what Chappie's going to be like. Let's okay. The science behind every single thing in this movie it is, is not real. Flimsy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I don't mean. Like, of course, it's not real, but like it's not. I mean, it's, it's not even plausible. It's not practical. It makes no sense. And Lordy Christ, the third act of this film. I mean, I can the sort of main character. I'm not really sure anymore. At some point has this regular laptop looking computer at his house and he hits a lot of buttons and he's been working on this AI and somehow he hits a lot of buttons and types a lot of weird algorithms and creates the first AI that's ever been created. I'm just thinking, wait a sec, people have been trying to create AIs for years and years and I can tell you, you cannot fit these complicated algorithms on a desktop. You need like server rooms, you need terabytes and terabytes and terabytes. He could not do this on one computer. It was 2016, Brandon. Dude, the future. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the year 2000. Well, I definitely agree with you about the processing power not being there. At least there was a small nod to some sort of realism because he says day 900 and whatever. He'd at least been working on it for more than <laughs> mm, one night. Two years. <laughs> Three years. It's, Not realistic, but at least there was a little nod to like, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> my really quick summary of the film and the way that they treat the characters and just the story writing in general, it's a rated R children's film. If you're looking for adult complexity, it's not there. You'll ask yourself a lot of questions. You won't find it. But the good news is, if I had to choose between seeing this and Transformers, I would choose Chappie. It's a better movie. Definitely. But, but, uh, it was really fun and really enjoyable, yeah. and I loved Chappie. I, I had a good time watching it. But for example, if you say you're in the Colin Peterson camp, and uh, you think that Tron Legacy is unforgivable for how bad the script is, then you may have an even bigger problem with Chappie. I think it's going to become a cult classic, but it's going to be for people who go into it knowing that it's basically a feature-length film of Diane Ward. Yeah. The score is really great. Hans Zimmer did an amazing job. I didn't even realize it was him. Dude's versatile as hell. Is it a spoiler to say that this yes. movie will make you hate Hugh Jackman? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Let's breach That's that. That's not fair because most of us already hate Hugh Jackman. Who the fuck are... Who, who hates Hugh, Hugh Jackman? No one hates Hugh Jackman. Huge Jackman. Man. He is a huge Jackman and he's Hugh awesome. You guys no are the only ones. Ha- no I don't one. know a single no person yeah. who hates Hugh Jackman. You guys what are the, the only fuck one. are you talking about? You guys about? are the only <laughs> ones who like <laughs> you know. You know what, Shorty? You're just jelly. I'm just saying, you guys are the ones who like Hugh Jackman. There's someone, there's someone who fucking despises. I'm sure Hugh there's Jackman. someone, but it's not anyone I hang out yeah, with. Yeah, I don't know, man. You're you're an army of one there, dude. I'm not like on his dick or anything, but I don't know why you would hate Whoa, Hugh Jackman. That? I'm not on his dick or anything. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. I'm visualizing well, you, you know fucking what? It would Hugh probably Jackman. be assumed that because I have a vagina and I'm straight, that I might be all up on his dick. But I'm not. I just I think he's a decent actor and. But not in this film. 
Or maybe he's maybe he too was, good of an yeah, actor. If he was trolling, maybe he is a genius <laughs> to actor. Be in this fair, film. To be fair, his character was kind of written vaguely, and I wasn't really understanding it. Well, I, At the beginning, I, I, I thought he was almost like a good guy. Like he saw these robots as a threat and was going to stop, and then later you realize he's crazy and I, does other I, shit. As I understand it, Hugh Jackman is a proud Australian, but in this film, he is a parody of all Australians that make them look like. Rugby playing ultra jocks who carry guns in an office for no reason because I guess you can do that in South Africa. And praise Jesus no matter what happens. Yeah, he, they don't really confront it directly, but he's a ex-military Christian <laughs> robotics engineer who I don't understand like, how squeezes he went a from... rugby ball all day and gets mad at people. I, I don't understand. They didn't actually explain how he went from being in the military to being an engineer of robotics. That doesn't really go hand in hand. He was not an engineer in the military. He was just in the military. I think that that might be because I think that might be the main place where people were talking about uh, Neil Blomkamp trying to fit too much into the movie. It did feel like there were scenes that just weren't there. Because like, I feel like Hugh Jackman's character, well, I was calling him the impotent Christian megalomaniac basically yes that's accurate but it wasn't there wasn't like a lead up to it you kind of had to discover it as it was going on in the movie and you're kind of like what the what the fuck just okay but i think the reason for him was supposed to be the question of should we be doing this with ai but it didn't it was no. not successful. No, that. Was just, you were just like, who Actually, is that crazy motherfucker? <laughs> what it showed was that you should use AI and not let humans control machines because he did a terrible job. Yeah, I mean, like, when Sigourney Weaver's like, no, this project is complete overkill. Yeah, when you see the results of it, it is <laughs> yeah. complete. It's insane. They're like, oh, we can't sell this project. We sell weapons. I mean, there's some, for some reason, this international corporation is focused exclusively on selling to the police force of South Africa when they have a weapon they created, which is frankly something that the United States military would be all over. Or so every country. Why can't it's probably all already all over. It, it's, it's Metal Gear 5. Like, it, yeah. yeah, and the funny thing is that the robot that he creates, that he controls, is totally the robot from RoboCop 2. Yeah, I it's Ed. his name. Ed. I don't think I can say any more about this movie without going into spoilers. At this yeah, point. okay, so let's do it. Here's the spoiler warning right now. Thank you for listening, guys. Feel free to come back after you've watched the film, or if you'd like to have it spoiled. All right, Continue so- on in our journey. First of all, things escalate quickly. They killed the one likable character in the entire film, American or America or whatever they called him. Like I think Yolani is the one likable character. She's okay, but I thought he... She's had, the only nice one. He was, I guess, stranded in South Africa. He wanted to go back home. He was going to get the money. And then they, all of a sudden, in, in just a sudden burst of gore, they just fucking they tear him, 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 in half. him in half and <laughs> yeah. throw him against the wall and just goes... And, Although, again, I had no idea he was trying to get home until they get the money, and he's like, yeah. I was gonna go home! Yeah, See, I'm like, what? They, they did hand-feed a lot of <laughs> plot points. Like, every moment in that film is not a genuine moment. It's always to seed another piece of motion See, of I was confused. Because craft I, your life. Don't I let thought, your life craft you. You want to talk about they, the final the, act? The, the, the motherfucking consciousness uploading... Holy shit. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's, let, me, let me explain what happens, if you don't care about spoilers, obviously. Well, that's why, you're, that's why they're yes. here. There is a scene where, earlier for no reason, they get a bunch of explosives from this like African mob guy, and in the back, he's just got stacks of PS4s, and they're like, let's get in on some of that, too. And then later on in the movie, <laughs> Chappie <laughs> figures, out, figures out how to upload a consciousness and store it into, or like transfer it into another body, like a machine body. And he does this by connecting all the PS4s to make, like, a server. And let me explain something to you. The human consciousness, even if you were to understand it, you would need all the computers in the world right now active and connected to pretty much 
upload one human consciousness. He hooks up a few PS4s and can store a consciousness and fits it onto but, a USB. But wait, he wait, fits it onto a USB port. But it almost port. overheated. That's right. <laughs> he, he fits. He can fit anyone's consciousness onto a USB port and just sends it into a robot. And you know, he sends the the main character Dion into a robot at the end of the movie because he's dying. Oh and, yeah. And, oh, and he's uh, like, you may feel disoriented. And, right. No, no. I think the first thing you would feel is. I can't feel exactly, anything. Exactly. How do I move? Because I can't feel. Well, I've got sensors, but, but I don't feel it, wind I mean, okay, or but, air. But, but that, mm. that whole thing was so fucking insane. The how sensation quick, of how, not breathing. How quickly it escalated because, like, the obvious thing to do is take him to a fucking hospital. But <laughs> no, does he do that? No. But, but Chappie's just a baby. No, he learns right. fast. He's smart. Mommy Yolandi wasn't there to tell him what to do. He oh figured out the mathematical formula for human consciousness. <laughs> He's no longer a baby when you discover right. that. And, and, and I might add, because Yolandi tells him a fairy tale about how the consciousness lives inside of you, a helmet, which is designed for human physiology, can, of course, map the consciousness of a <laughs> that robot. That made no sense to me, by the way. It, 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 because it's magic. I understand human brainwaves and, like, electromagnetic pulses and being able to, like, sense those with helmets. It implies because that... Because he has th circuits in his head right, in a hard drive. It, 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 it implies doesn't work that, that, that his, way. That his sentience actually created an aura and a soul, which then, in turn, could be mapped by 2016 technology... And, you know, uploaded to a jump drive. To be fair, though, to be fair, if they had the technology to make those kick-ass robots, maybe technology right. was it's, that it's advanced. An, it definitely Except is an alternate universe Except they're using those shitty USB ports and PS4s. I mean... I wouldn't think that a he helmet... He has a little hard drive in I his know. head. There's no way that's transmitting outward. Well, there, there would be probably some sort of electrical signature, but it would not match that of a human, it, so I doubt that this it, helmet that works on a human <sighs> brainwave maybe is it, gonna... It, I thought there would be a whole scene where he puts it on and goes... Why does it sense nothing? You know, I was like, I thought they were going there. Like, oh, it senses a human. And he puts it on and he's like, there's nothing. That, but no, he that, just that he would types be, a bunch of buttons and then it goes, oh, now it can sense If me. the film wanted to ask real questions, that would have <laughs> happened. It had every opportunity to have a compelling and unique to the film narrative about consciousness and what a consciousness might do if they're challenged with that kind of reality and so on. You know, something where they could break new ground and not just be yeah. short circuit and Robocop. And it threw it away for a insane ending where his creator is dying, so he uploads him into a robot, and he's like, oh, wow, okay, now, now, I'm, now. now I'm a robot, but too. But I'm going to die, and, oh, my battery's And there's out. no consequences for that, so your battery's running out, so we're going to transfer you to another robot, so that's cool, so you're alive forever now. And then we got Yolanda the brainwaves. died, but wait. We got the brainwaves for I've her. Got, we got her brainwaves. Poor Just American. Everyone. Everyone got fucked. Everyone a robot body. Then <laughs> they like, they're like, oh, well, okay, so the company's shutting down, but we're going to hack that system. We're going to have them build this custom robot for us, because they got the parts for that. And it's basically, we're going to give Yolani uh, Bjork all is full of love, um, yep. <laughs> like, body, and uh, congrats. That was you, a pretty sweet robot you, body. You just made, made a sexy robot. Well, oh, yeah. But that now was... daddy won't live forever. And then <laughs> he's going to be like, transfer me, I can rob more banks. Here's one of the most idiotic things. The film begins with two clips of people talking about, like, artificial intelligence, wow, and then Chappie came along, changed everything, holy crap. It starts a framing device. Which does not resolve ever. Okay, it says, I, like, I, I, yeah, I totally like, forgot mm. about that part. <laughs> it's, oh, it, it, yeah. it says 18 months earlier, and then it doesn't happen. So it's, it feels to me like parts of this movie got edited out or just like didn't complete or was, I don't know, it's sloppy. It's one super sloppy storytelling, amateurish, really, and really sloppy editing. The filmmaking aspect of like the, the aesthetics, the visuals, the special effects, brilliant, music, genius, yeah. yeah. But the actual construction of the film, oh my God, what the fuck were they thinking? All they had to do was during the credits to like play some footage to actually like deal with the resolution of that because they start the film in the future saying with the public ramifications of this, it doesn't just jump from, oh my God, artificial intelligence is real, which is what they're selling you when the film starts. They jump directly to 
artificial intelligence is real. It's so smart that it figured out how to transfer human consciousness into artificial bodies so we can live beyond death. It's more than the game changer of artificial intelligence. That's the entire narrative of the first part of the life cycle of artificial intelligence. Once it's created, it will accelerate to the point at which that it could be so smart as to do something well, that remarkable. But it happens were, all at once. There were two film. moments in the movie that also bugged me, besides everything else. One was, like you were just saying, it starts 18 months into the future saying, oh, AI intelligence and all this. But at the end of the movie, it ends with him being a fugitive and they're just out looking for him. Like, right. like he's been spotted. The one and they just there's just scenes of him killing people because he was like throwing knives at people. And then there's the there's no positive ending. And then, and then <laughs> like, oh, but, he helped a dog or, or saved a girl. No. Right. But the film starts with the academics talking about like, oh, man, Chappie. Am I right? Am I right? But Chappie but he's a changed killer everything. and a fugitive by the end of the movie. Yeah, he's not and then it ends. like he was misguided. If, if anyone, if anyone, right, if, <laughs> if anyone is able to analyze what actually happened to him, they might find an interesting story and acquit him of his crimes but hell no though there's going to be a trial i mean he's he is a legit criminal because of the way he was raised well here's the other point that they could have completely taken a different direction and they didn't which pissed me off when he first connects to the internet it was like oh my god look at all everything that's ever been known by humans is on the internet i was like holy shit he's gonna become like ultron or something he's gonna become super smart and know that i must save humans from themselves or just like start well, hacking missiles apparently he only researched one thing because after that scene they still had him convinced that if you stab somebody, you go to sleep. Yeah, so like, <laughs> that's yeah, true. He, he looked up everything on the internet. They just scrolled through shit. And it's like, he didn't learn martial arts. He learned absolutely nothing. He didn't well, learn how to cook. He didn't learn anything. In Chappie's defense, Brandon, he learned enough about neural nets that he was able to actually replicate a human consciousness. Mm-hmm. Which isn't on the internet, so good luck with that. I don't know. Why, yes, he used PS4s. But which 2016. Shows just, it shows just how powerful... <laughs> The computing processors in the PS4s are, guys. I think that more auteur directors like this, they got incredible style. Don't let them write anything. Like, let them, (laughs) like, story, give them a story credit and then have a proper fucking writer write this stuff. It could have been brilliant, but you you let them walk all over it. And, like, he ruined his own product. And, again, I actually had fun watching the movie. And as big budget sci-fi craziness goes... I dug it. I had a good time, but I, oh would, I don't regret seeing it because like I even said, see, it's I even really, see it again. It's a really funny movie. Okay, there's funny and it's really well shot and it's just enjoyable to watch. Despite all the plot holes nonsense, if you just watch it, it's a really fun movie. And you know, I didn't expect it to do more. It's just shocking that it didn't because it it's easily pretty, it's could It's a pretty have. stylized movie, I think. I was super happy because I thought it was going to be total shit. <laughs> and it was actually enjoyable oh yeah because yeah someone told me about the horrible reviews and i went into it thinking oh my god this is gonna be like van helsing another great hugh jackman movie but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't and it was actually oh man i was like i was having fun every step of the way despite the stupid science crap that didn't make sense it was still fun to watch i didn't get bored at all of course my biggest pet peeve had nothing to do with science and everything to do with language the fucking subtitles yeah it didn't make any sense so diet word is from south africa they definitely have an accent. They're hard to understand. They definitely speak in Afrikaans. Yeah. A lot of the time. Not so much in this movie, but Diant Word is not subtitled this entire movie. At no point is Diant Word with their South African accent subtitled. Or anyone. But the gangbanger that they're trying to give money back to or whatever is subtitled the entire fucking time. And he's totally when it only, let, Yeah, he's totally... You can understand saying. everything he says. His accent is no worse than Ninja and Yolandi's. There's only like... His accent's maybe, better. I mean, he, I mean, you can understand him better than them. And there was only, I think, one scene where he says anything that's actually in Afrikaans that like they would have to subtitle. 
it irritated the fuck out of me. I, I feel like there was some sort of technical error and no one double checked to take the subtitles off. <laughs> I, just, I swear, like someone put subtitles on, I think the whole movie and then was like, oh shit, delete them, delete it, them. And then just it just felt really rude well, to me. You know, I'm it, sorry, like to, to South African people, like they're unintelligible, which right. they weren't. <laughs> it happens, I, I think generally because of studios, for example, um, when they originally released Mad Max for American audiences, they dubbed the whole thing, including Mel Gibson, even though he's American. But yeah, it's stupid. It's really stupid. But uh, I definitely like District 9 a lot better, but it's similar in that the final act is completely different than the rest of the movie. You, I mean, you remember the final act of District 9 where everything is like a nice documentary and then at the end it's just like a action scene and it just didn't gel with the rest of the movie and that's what happened in this one at the end. By the end of it, it just got completely out of hand and unbelievable. I don't know why they have trouble writing an ending. See the movie because it's really fun and enjoyable. Just ignore yeah, the Yeah, definitely, definitely we like the movie. This film is fun. It's a lot of fun. I had it, a good time. It's not going to place in the top 20 nerdy things of the year. It's just not nerdy <laughs> enough, unfortunately. Not with Avengers coming out. <laughs> you should see, though, what, what we do in the shadows. Yes. Do, <laughs> do see Chappie. Completely unrelated. But as far as a film that is extremely consistent in its humor and writing. And has nothing to do with robots. If it hits your city, do see what we do in the shadows, which is a mockumentary about vampires in New Zealand. It is amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nerdy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you like what you heard, please consider supporting the Nerdy Show Network on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash nerdy show or one-time donations at nerdyshow.com slash support. Taking us out, here's a recent single from nerdcore rapper IQ featuring O Super. It's called Power of Understanding, and it's inspired by Attack on Titan. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Danica. They say that knowledge is power. And with that power, you can change the world. But who controls those things in the lives that we live in? Who? Yo, another parent is gone. He left behind a son. I hear the people that cry all around my home. A mother's anguish, she cries when she sees a son. Another soldier that died, never to return. I lift my fist to the sky, cause it's not fair to us. The way we die for our king who doesn't care for us. Give our lives to a system that only process us. Live a minimal life that's not designed for us. They live so high off the hog that they got from us. With privilege and lavish lives off the hard work of us. Marching out of these fields that they will never see bringing back all the pain and broken memories like we were titans when locked out even bigger walls and giving titans to fight for the sake of us all this is not our house this is not our home we are sheep and cattle never more to roam i understand we were not created equal the separation the differences in our people our social structure that stands atop that steeple and for that vision we fight to all that sequel you and i we were not created equal Separation the differences in our people A social structure that stands atop that steeple And for that vision we fight to all that's equal Vindic the venomous lies and souls of my heart They alienated the eyes of a mother or a son Through war tattered their lives On a whip of remembered and love story goodbyes Destruction that had lasted the story here and thereafter Inside the show they sail Society once prevailed with that vision and that heaven No ill that can't prevail On the thoughts of our lives and visions inside the veils Of titans that live in sails A mind gel prevailed and decadent in our thoughts I'm lost beyond the mail Delivered without the kill And fruit beyond the label of battles that's in vain Slain across the labels of rotten in by products The leaders 
always watching with big brother in hands instead of moving mountains and trust that sin of violence. The youth is always naval, deeper side of the fruit of the apple that's always able. Way beyond the soldiers and wars that broke the fables. Right on top of the story, this world drives it in tables. They'll never take us alive and live it within the feelings of soldiers and no good guys. Come on, walk deep inside of that matrix, straight up out of that shell in that cage within that fadeless. Come on, we'll never get it alive and live it without the feelings of soldiers and no good guys. Goodbyes. Make it burn from the ground to all is equal. Let us bleed as we fight for all that's equal. You and I, we were not created equal. The separation, the differences in our people. Our social structure that stands atop that steeple. And for that vision, we'll fight to all is equal. And for that vision, we'll fight to all is equal. And for that vision, we'll fight to all is equal. We're being crushed from inside while they walk on us. We're drowning deep in the sea and there's no air for us. Show us that there is hope for the slums we walk. And if we cry hard enough, that we can rise above. For all the love of our peers, they were not lost in vain. That they died for a purpose, their family's lives will change. Show them more how to dream while we live out loud. Let that hope shine on down, raining from the clouds. I understand we were not created equal. The separation, the differences in our people. Our social structure that stands atop that steeple. And for that vision, we'll fight to all is equal. You and I, we were not created equal. The separation, the differences in our people. Our social structure that stands atop that steeple. And for that vision, we'll fight to all is equal. Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all of your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hello, I'm John. I'm a computer. No, you're a computer. <laughs> yeah. No, you. it's you who's a computer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.